1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk, is proud to bring you The Rick Chamberlain Show. The Rick Chamberlain Show is brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Milano's Pizza Subs and Taps, creating delicious memories since 1969. On Brown Street, near the University of Dayton campus, Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. Here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hansgen, and University of Dayton head football coach, Rick Chamberlain. Hey, welcome back uh, to Milano's uh, for another Monday night here on Brown Street's location, the home of the Rick Chamberlain Show here on the home of the Flyers as uh, Dayton is uh, just beyond the midway point now of the season, coming off a home loss on Saturday, falling to Marist by a final of 20-17. to 17. Dayton now at 503 and 3 overall and also 2 and 2 in the Pioneer Football League while Marist a 3 and 2 overall and they go to 3 and 0 in the PFL and maintain a share of first place uh, in the league. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of that game also a look ahead at this coming Saturday and another game on the road for the Flyers at Valparaiso. We've also got uh, linebacker Grant Dyer with us as well as uh, freshman wide receiver Joey Swanson. We're going to get to learn more about them. But coach uh, a game that was a, a, a tough one to mm-hmm. lose, um, and and I and I talked to your quarterbacks coach Scott Horcher right after the game, and all losses hurt, but I have to ask when it's a self-inflicted loss to a certain degree, does it make it more painful? It does, Larry. It really does because you, if the team is better than you, and they execute and make the plays. Okay, hey, if we were in position, but they were just better. But when you make mistakes, whether it was penalties, whether it was uh, bad execution, missed tackles, that's when it hurts, when that game is so close. Because then you can go back and you can pick out those plays and say, well, if it would have been this instead of that, we could have won that game. Biggest, uh, the, the biggest negative stat coming out of the game was the penalties. And uh, I, I think some could be ascribed to interpretation, but others can just be ascribed to lack of focus. It, it was, Larry. I mean, uh, legal procedure or holding or losing your poise and, and, and not controlling yourself. Those are, those are your own personal responsibility that you can do better than. And... and, and the bad thing is, Larry, when you have penalties like that in a game like we had with Maris, it affects your momentum, it affects field position, and it gives your opponent more opportunities when, it, when they're on offense. And so that was the discouraging part there. And then, uh, but even so, I mean, the game starts off and you score first, although a penalty really you know slowed you down at a time when you were really moving the ball well instead of getting six you have to settle for a field goal they come out max you with one and then uh, take the lead but when uh, when you move pushed it down the field uh, jack hook had a big 50 yard completion to jake chisholm coming out of the backfield very next play boom hits sam bubonics 13 yard touchdown pass game is tied up and nice crowd good day there was a lot of energy a lot of positive energy and it didn't last for very long no 
Because, as you said, we think things were starting to get into a good rhythm. We had held them. They punted. We moved the ball down and and scored to tie it up. And then we kick off. It was not a very good kickoff to begin with. We had the wind behind us, and usually our kicker puts it in the end zone or out of the end zone. But this time it was uh, not a very long hang time, and it only got to about the 10-yard line. And then our coverage, we had a couple mistakes in our coverage there where we gave them a natural lane to run through. And then a missed tackle by the safety. And you give uh, Maris that kind of opening, they're going to take advantage. It already returned one kickoff for a touchdown earlier in the year. And so now, uh, with a few minutes it left in the second half, I mean in the first half, Instead of being 10-10 or whatever, now they're 17-10. And um, uh, that was really a downer there. Really kind of put a a squash on the momentum that we had. Maris comes out, adds three more in the third quarter. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, you you score again. And really, I I sense that, you know, and and, and, and I I have to tip my hat to the team, that the body language, the energy on the sideline was very positive. And I think even the fans thought, okay, I don't think he's going to win this game. It's just a matter of just getting another first down, getting another first down, then all of a sudden you didn't get that first down you needed, and that was the game. That was the game. Like you said, all at once uh, they got a field goal in the second half, after, uh, and then we scored to make it 20-17, held them a few times. In the the fourth quarter they didn't score. They didn't even get close to scoring. And then that last drive, with about four minutes to go, I felt we had plenty of time. We were backed up on the 10, but our offense was moving, running the ball, throwing the ball, and we get down to that fourth down situation. What, and, and, Larry, really the worst part of it was the first play of that drive when we had just got a first down in their territory. We got eight yards on the first play. It's second and two now. And so you're feeling pretty good, still got three timeouts, all those things. We don't get another yard. We actually lose a couple yards, so we end up having a fourth and four or fourth and five. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the ball in our hands. Flyers uh, fall to Marist uh, 20-17. to 17. We'll, we'll talk more about uh, Saturday's game, what's next for Dayton, and then also uh, looking ahead to Valparaiso. But as I mentioned, we've got two of our uh, student-athletes with us here tonight at Milano's, and uh, we'll begin with uh, linebacker Grant Dyer out of uh, Covington Catholic High School and uh, in Kentucky. And uh, you've been on the show before, Grant, but we'll uh, refresh our listeners' memories. Tell us about your high school background, what brought you to UD. Uh, so, yeah, I went to high school in uh, Northern Kentucky at Covenant Catholic High School. Uh, my major here at UD is um, Management Information Systems. And the uh, reason that I came to the University of Dayton is because um, I got recruited from a bunch of other colleges. Uh, they were like 10, 12 hours away, but um, this is obviously an hour away. Um, so it made it easy for my family to come up and visit, friends and all that. But academically and uh, just the campus, it was just, I bought in. It was obviously a great fit for me. Um, I love it here. So, yeah. Yeah, I love the word, the term fit, because I've used that talking to my own kids or anyone uh, when, they're talk, when they're thinking about what they're going to do next, whether it's college or even jobs. You know, finding that fit, what, what was it that made it fit for you? Um, just seeing the guys on the team uh, have a special bond, obviously. 
and then uh, the community around the campus. Everyone just is so friendly, and uh, they just make connections so easily. All right. Uh, so Grant's been uh, on campus for a while. Uh, Joey, not quite as long. Uh, Joey, out of uh, out of Grayson Lakes, Illinois. Grayson Lake. Grayson Lake. Grayson Lake, Illinois. Pardon me. Uh, Chicago area? Yeah, it's northern suburbs of Chicago. Northern suburbs of Chicago. Tell us about your high school background and what uh, brought you to Dayton. So, yeah, I went to Grays Lake North High School. Um, I'm a Discover Business major here, so I'm not sure what I want to go into yet. But uh, what made me pick UD was I, I got recruited by a bunch of other schools, like uh, just some other schools and some walk-on offers. But I came here and I visited and I watched this play Butler. And the game that I went to, they ended up scoring a bunch of points, and I saw a bunch of receivers catch some touchdowns, so it was definitely interesting for me. So, And I really liked the academics here and came here and visited the campus, and I just liked all of it. So that was, uh, what, the final game of the 2019 season? I think so, yeah. yeah. By the way, okay, so you saw, you saw the last Dayton game not knowing that you would end up playing in the very next Dayton game. That's right. Uh, so you went from watching a Dayton game to playing in the very next team, Dayton game playing. You probably didn't think that was going to be the case. No. <laughs> All right. Well, certainly glad to have you here and glad that uh, Grant is here as well. We'll learn more about these guys, and not just football stuff, but off the field as well. And, again, uh, a, a look at where this team is right now what's at hand, what the goals are moving forward, and, of course, we'll look at uh, Valparaiso and a familiar foe leading the, new, the Beacons now. That's all coming up. It's the Rick Chamberlain Show. We're live at Milano's here on Brown Street. The Rick Chamberlain Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Rick Chamberlain Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hansgood. And good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Milano's on Brown Street. Uh, you're home for The Rick Chamberlain Show here on the home of the Flyers. And uh, the Oktoberfest menu is still here at Milano's for a limited time. Uh, so take advantage of that. And uh, also they've got the big uh, Christmas ale tapping coming up uh, on Saturday here at Milano's. And... A great place to come any day of the week uh, for lunch or dinner or just to hang out and watch a game. And of course, Monday night here uh, for the Rick Chamberlain Show. Flyers sitting at 3-3 three and three overall. They're 2-2 two and two in the Pioneer Football League. A 2017 loss on Saturday at home to league-leading uh, Maris by a final you know, of 20-17. And, Coach, um, you, you know you, uh, the challenge this week, not just for your coaching staff, but for your, your leaders on this team, is to, okay, with the chance of winning the PFL title out of our hands, what, what do we do moving forward? Correct. And, and, and that's what the message we were uh, talking about last night at our team meeting was the idea there's still games going on. We still have a number of games. We've got four. We've got four games still to play, four tough games, two on the road, two at home. And, and so are we going to – respond the way that good teams do because i do larry I, I feel like we're a good team we have our moments that we're a good team and we got to be more consistent in that area but we do have the ability to play as a very good team now if we have the right attitude the focus the discipline the the idea of what we want to accomplish for this season and and we always want to accomplish a winning season 
and that is still available. We're still able to end on a high note, I believe, going into the winter, which you always want. And it starts with the Valparaiso game this coming week. Of course, we'll be talking about that coming up. But also, uh, we've got uh, with us tonight uh, linebacker Grant Dyer and also wide receiver Joey Swanson. And ironically, a week ago, we had a linebacker and a receiver. We had uh, Nate Arthur, a linebacker. We had uh, Kyle Hazel, a wide receiver. And, and I talked to them about not just their individual uh, performance and, and things, but, but being part of a group. And, and, and Grant, as uh, really the, the leader of the linebacker group now, how far have you guys come this year from when you last stepped on the field in 2019? Yeah, I mean, uh, being a leader with the linebackers, you really have to, like, you are the leader on the defense. So, like, you have to tell everyone if they don't know what they're doing. And underclassmen, if they – obviously they're coming into the program not knowing what our defense is. And I was in that position at one point. And uh, I know that there is one linebacker in the room that – um, does not know, obviously, our defense because he uh, is not traveling with us. But, um, yeah, the difference from 2019 to now is um, I just feel like we're stronger and more educated on the playbook and um, just our techniques and our tackles and um, all the different schemes. Um, I just feel like we're more educated on that. You personally, has that been where you have grown? Absolutely. I mean, I've physically grown uh, stronger and everything like that, but in the playbook, I feel like that is where I've grown the most uh, from 2019. I didn't feel like I was um, educated on the playbook as much as I am now. So, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, Joey Swanson comes in as a, as a freshman, and when you are in that wide receiver room, you can look around. And <laughs> you're one of many uh, for young guys. And uh, so you've gone through this maturation together. Have you been able to lean on each other in this process? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of guys that have been doing a good job, especially some older guys like uh, Cam Speck, Derek Willits, uh, Johnny Crone. They're older guys, so they kind of take it like lead the group a little bit and we all lean in on each other and we all are this group and like practice and make sure everybody's in the right mindset and taking every rep what was the biggest uh, uh challenge for you making the transition from being a high school football player to being a college football player i'd probably say the playbook <laughs> i mean coming in I, I had some issues with the playbook over the over like our fall season which we didn't really play and I made sure that I studied it a lot more, and now I'm feeling more confident with it for sure. What's, what's your strength as a receiver? Are you a great route runner? Are you got great hands? Or are you just a devastating blocker? Uh, what's, you know, what's, what, what, what's, uh, what's your strong suit? I think I'm a good playmaker. I think if I can get the ball in the open field, I can make people miss and get extra yards, yards after catch. I saw you nodding your head, Coach, uh, indicating that he's, he's answered correctly. He has. Uh, that's what we think. Uh, people can't see Joe. He, he's a good-sized wide receiver. Uh, and and he, you get him out in space there with his speed. Joey is one of our fastest receivers. And I, I would say that his catching ability is one of his strengths. But like he said, if he, we can get him in the open field, he can make some big plays for us, which he has already, uh, especially the last couple weeks, uh, Moorhead and, and then Drake, and he made a couple catches for us on Saturday. 
You know, this this is a this is a team that um, you use the term offensive rhythm, and, and we've seen it at times. And, and coach had mentioned that uh, you're still trying to find that elusive consistency. Is that safe to say that that's what you as a receiver group are going through? Yeah, for sure. Um, there are times where like we'll we'll make good plays, and then sometimes we'll be make a bad block or have a penalty, and we're just trying to find that consistency. So the Flyers are uh, getting ready to head out on the road uh, later this week and, uh, and t take on Valparaiso. And uh, Again, we're going to be talking uh, more about that uh, coming up because uh, Valparaiso is uh, directed by a former Flyer assistant coach, uh, Landon Fox, not the first time. You've had to go head-to-head -head against uh, one of your former colleagues, Rick. But, um, you know, we knew coming into this season that the PFL was going to be very balanced. We talked about it a week ago. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about it the week before that, the week before mm -hmm. that. And I don't know that the script has changed any, not just by what Dayton has experienced vis-a-vis uh, -vis its opponents, but just what you see around the league. Around the whole league. I mean, you had San Diego going into St. Thomas this past weekend. And um, St. Thomas gave San Diego everything they could. And uh, they got out with a victory, but it was not an easy one. And, and so you got some key games coming up, like Maris playing Moorhead this coming week. That'll be a big one to see how that turns out. It's at Maris, so Maris would have a little bit of an edge there. But every week you can see that people aren't just blowing each other out. There's not that bottom one or two, three teams. Everybody's very uh, comparable and able to play with each other. It may, towards the end of a game, the score may start lengthening or widening there. But, Larry, I think uh, most of the games going on through here are going to be very close ones. Well, the next one is coming up Saturday on the road at Valparaiso. We'll talk more about that. We're also going to learn more about uh, our two players here, Joey Swanson and Grant Dyer, away from football as well as football. It's all to come as we continue the Rick Chamberlain Show. We are live at Milano's here on Brown Street. You're listening to The Rick Chamberlain Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back to Milano's here on Brown Street. Welcome back to The Rick Chamberlain Show. Now, the, uh, the midway point of the Dayton Flyer football season came at halftime this past Saturday, and the uh, Flyers uh, lost to uh, Marist 20-17, uh, to 17, so now... Uh, four games left in uh, what was originally an 11-game schedule, but with the uh, Robert Morris opener lost to COVID in their program, a 10-game season, and we're now six games through it and four games to go. The next one is coming up uh, Saturday at Valparaiso. Uh, you know, Coach, we, we talked about earlier about the fact that you kind of shift. You don't necessarily shift your goals, but um, you, you keep your goals in sight. And, mm -hmm. and is it too cliche to say, that coming off a, a setback like the Maris game, that the focus more than ever becomes on the next task at hand and, and things become less big picture. Correct. Uh, you just, we always want to talk about and worry about the next game, but you, you always have in the back of your mind, okay, we got to do this, this, and this to get to that, that point of the season to have a championship. Well, now, hey, we have to take each game one at a time if we want to end up with the kind of season that 
we hope to without a, a PFL championship, and that's a winning season, first of all. But not just to have a winning season, but to have the best we can. And we're sitting here three and three, four games left. So the best we can is seven and three. And so that's why we that's uh, why we would want to just think about this next game to get to that four and three. Then we'll move on to the next one, the next one after that. You know, we've always said that, uh, you know, it's, and as Coach uh, Mike Kelly's line, it's uh, best to patch the roof when the sun is shining, meaning that after a win, you can address some of the issues that uh, arose during that game and try to improve your team while everyone's feeling good about themselves. They won a game. There's something to be said for that. But from a coaching standpoint, um, in some ways, when those mistakes cause a defeat, is it easier to get your point across? Oh, definitely, because you have examples up on the, on the film now. And, and the players know it. I mean, we've got smart young men like Grant and, and Joey here. They know when the team didn't play correctly in whatever the situation may have been. But as a coach, you pointed out, and, and Larry, I think a lot of it has to do with how you point it out to the players. How are you trying to correct them? Uh, here at Dayton, we're not into the whole idea of just browbeating and beating on a kid and yelling on Adam and so forth. We want to be constructive in what we do. We raise our voices. Grant can tell you that from me as a linebacker. I do raise my voice once in a while. But you want to do it in a way that helps them understand what they have to do and not just that they made a mistake. You know, Grant, you, you, you talked about the, just the process of learning to be a football player at this level and, and what it takes. And, and, and I guess there's two types of film work. Um, you know, you, you've done part of that film work uh, yesterday in that you watch what you did. You watch yourself. You see what was good. You see what was bad. And you try to correct. And the next piece of film work is watching your opponent coming up uh, this Saturday and preparing. Um, What's, what, what's the benefit of those two types of, of film sessions? Um, I guess the one from yesterday is just learning about what you did good and what you did wrong. Um, just learning those two things and then moving that forward into the next week and transitioning it onto the field and uh, correcting those mistakes and then watching the film about your opponent and implementing the different schemes and calls that you're making in that certain t kind of game and um, what coverages and what running lanes that you have to be in and those certain kind of situations and plays. And, and, and Joey, when, uh, when you guys as a, as a receiver group, when you're watching film, you know, coaches will point out mistakes. But do they need to point them out, or do they become obvious to you as an individual and then you guys as a group when you get it played before you and you go, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, there will be some times where you know a drop's coming or a missed block is coming and it shows up and you're just like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> what the, you know, and, and, and we all say that, you know, broadcast is always, you know, that's one of our cliches. Oh, they're not going to like watching that uh, come Sunday in the, in, in the film session, but... Uh, uh, you know, you, in the old film days, you could hit that rewind. You could wind it back and forth and back and yeah. forth. You, you, you able to with the uh, the current video system? You able to do that, coach? I, I tell you, and Larry, the the technology people, Huddle or others that uh, do it there. 
I always remember the salesman saying that coaches like to have a control in their hand. So they developed one. So it's just like it was before. You can re- go rewind, fast, slow. You can pause it. You can do all this. I mean, you can really emphasize what you're trying to get across there with the film control that you have. You know, it- how much more are you able to correct after the fact than you're able to do on the fly during a game? Uh, a lot more. And, and that's what we've always said, especially with coaching, um, particularly during camp. We always talk about you're trying to get reps in, you're trying to get things accomplished during camp, so you don't want to take time and explain a whole lot of different things. And we talk about we coach in the classroom. And that's when we come back in, we watch the film, and we're able to show the guys and correct it there as they're watching it and not so much trying to, to get some words in in, in a quick period of time. And, and for some guys, I know Grant has told me that he's a visual guy. When you're trying to explain things to him, he, he likes to see how it all fits together and, and what we're saying and, 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 and describing it on the film instead of trying to do it just there in thin air. Yeah, both you guys, Grant and, and Joey, can you can you recall and, and you know and, and if it's not happen, hasn't happened yet, Joey, uh, you know it's okay. That aha moment where you go, okay, yeah, I've now I get it. Can yeah. you recall that happening? I mean, absolutely. Like freshman year when I was traveling with the team. Um, I always asked upperclassmen like Andrew Luchens. Um, I always asked him, and he just told me the answer. And one time it just clicked, and it was just like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Joey, what, what about you? And you know, it's 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 you, you guys are all learning on the fly together. Yeah, I, I don't really know. <laughs> Honestly, I can't think of a time where it really just clicked. I don't, I don't really know. It's okay. You got time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, yes. There's no rush. You got a lot. You got a lot of football mm-hmm. ahead of you. Uh, and this Dayton team's got a lot of football ahead of them still. It did seem like the season has flown by quickly, but there are four games to play, and the next one is Saturday. It's at Valparaiso. We're going to look at the what were once Crusaders but are now Beacons, and we're also going to learn more about Grant Dyer and uh, also, also uh, uh, Joey away from football. And that's all coming up as we continue. It is the Rick Chamberlain Show, and we're live at Milano's here on Brown Street. The Rick Chamberlain Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Rick Chamberlain Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And welcome back to Milano's on Brown Street. You're home for The Rick Chamberlain Show, Monday night, 7 to 8. And uh, uh, the Dayton Flyers coming off a home loss to Marist will be on the road this week at Valparaiso. Uh, we'll have more on that for you uh, coming up uh, here just in a few minutes. But we do want to get to learn more about uh, our uh, player guests here tonight. Uh, first of all, let's get back to uh, Grant Dyer, who's uh, done, been down this road before. Uh, you mentioned earlier you're a management information systems major. With the thought of doing what? Uh, so I had an internship with uh, Crown Equipment this past summer, and uh, I plan on working with them this Christmas okay. break, and um, hopefully that will help me 
uh, get a job opportunity with them in the summer. Did, did, was this at New Bremen up at the, the headquarters there? Yeah, it was there, but uh, I had it remote, so I was living well, at home. okay, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, um, so when you're not, uh, you know, involved with your studies and obviously the, you know, practice and, and the weight room and all the things involved in, in being a member of this football team, what do you do just for fun? Um, in the summer, my family has a lake house uh, down in Williamstown, Kentucky. Uh, so I like to do um, wakeboarding and surfing like that. And then in the, in the winter time, I like to uh, do snowboarding. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where's your uh, go-to snowboarding place? I used to go to Perfect North Slopes, but I haven't been there in a while. Um, so I've, I've traveled out west a couple okay. times. So, yeah. Uh, coach, is snowboarding, is that on the uh, off-season? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that's always makes me nervous oh, when okay. I hear guys who do okay. sports like that. All okay. right. Uh, you know, one of the questions I like to ask guys, too, is like, uh, you know, in your, in your academic career at Dayton, obviously management information systems, and you've probably had a lot of uh, computer courses, things like that. But even something not necessarily in your major, what's been a course that, when you leave here, you go, well, I really enjoyed that. Um, I would probably say economics is probably the one thing that will help me in the future. Um, with all the numbers and stuff like that through Excel and stuff like that will help me exceed um, in the workforce. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, unless you're uh, working for Crown Industries, uh, hands off because uh, the grant's kind of uh, already uh, – uh, cast his uh, his lot uh, with that company moving forward. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, Joey Swanson, whose uh, career choices are a little bit further down the road, you mentioned you, you kind of have like an undecided major at this point. Is that correct? Right, yeah. So just in, in general, what are you kind of thinking about maybe doing? Um, right now I'm in, uh, I'm in an accounting class, which I kind of enjoy, and then I know next semester I'm taking a finance class, and I know those two are something that I would like to get into. Now, you know, so many of the Chicagoland guys, uh, you know, they come down here to Dayton, but uh, when it comes time for a career, you know, they picture themselves riding the train in, into downtown, and, uh, and, and is that what you envision for your future? Yeah, I'd actually like to live in the city, actually. Okay, not take the train. You just want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, what, so what's, uh, what's Joey Swanson do for fun and relaxation? Um. I'd like to say I like to watch sports a lot, actually. I like to watch basketball and play basketball. Um, I like to golf, and I actually like to ski as well. I'm not a snowboarder, but I like to ski, yeah. Okay. But one more question for you guys, and it's probably a no-brainer for you, but if I was to go in your closet and, and, and there was some sports gear in there, some pro sports gear, what would I find? Probably some Chicago stuff, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bulls for me. Okay. And Grant? Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Yep. Hey, four and two. It's, it's a good year. Yeah, so far. Well. So far. Yeah, that's so true. far. Not keep keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> All right. All right. So we've uh, learned more about these guys away from football. Now we shift our gears back to the task at hand. That's Valparaiso coming up. And uh, we've alluded to the fact that uh, former Flyer assistant um, Landon Fox is the head coach of the Beacons. And then uh, I, I just learned that uh, Andrew Luchens, one of Grant's mentors, 
and a former Flyer player is on their on his staff this year. Yes, uh, Andrew's coaching their outside linebackers. He had he was a GA down at Randolph Macon, and Coach Fox had an opening, and he knew of Andrew, of course, with his time at Dayton. Called him and asked him to see if he'd be interested, and Andrew took it. And plus, uh, Brian Daughtery's on that staff too. So, and Landon, he wanted to do that. He wanted to bring some of those people that had the knowledge of the Dayton program because Landon was with us for 11 years. He understood the kind of the foundation and the culture that this this program's built on. He felt that was something that Valparaiso needed. And he's done a good, a very good job with that, Larry, in building a good foundation. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the X's and O's, but has the biggest transformation Valparaiso has made been culture-wise? It has. You, you can just see it on the film. You can see how, how much energy they have, how they're very disciplined in what they're doing. Uh, you can see that they enjoy being out there. Valparaiso teams in the past, as you know, Larry, they'd have some talent, but it just didn't seem like it. they were together. It, it was a bunch of individuals. And I really feel like Coach Fox has really brought that team together and in, in, in heading in the right direction. What are, they do, what are they doing well right now? I tell you, they've got the best running back in the conference in Washington. He's a transfer from Old Dominion that came in last winter, played with them during the spring, and actually was the rookie offensive player of the year in the PFL during the spring. And uh, he's, he's about 215 pounds, 5'11", very quick, strong. They just keep giving it to him, and they try to get it to him in different ways, not just running it. Uh, he has a number of catches out of the backfield there. So that's, that's their go-to. And then on defense, which Coach Fox still works with, uh, again, they play with a lot of energy, a lot of emotion, coming at you, hustle. Their motors never stop. So uh, we've got to be ready. I, I tell you, it's a buzzsaw. It will be when we get up there. All right. Uh, that is the task at hand. Come Saturday, uh, an improving and a very uh, tough Valparaiso team. And uh, Grant Dyer, as you, as you and your fellow linebackers get ready for that game, what's going to be your, your focus in, in preparing for Saturday? Um, especially watching film um, on that team. And uh, as Coach said, the uh, running back, he's a very top-tier running back. That He's probably going to be the best one that we'll see all year um, in the PFL. And, yeah, we'll probably just focus up on him and the whole offense in general, uh, just see their different – formations and stuff like that and uh, see their tendencies and how they go upon uh, each play. All right, uh, Joey, how are, what are you and, and your fellow receivers going to do to be a better group Saturday than you were this past week? Yeah, when we watched the, uh, the Maris film, it, we, it almost looked like we weren't being as physical and weren't playing as hard as we usually do. So versus Valpo, we're definitely going to focus on working on our blocks and being more physical than we were on Saturday. Coach, your point of emphasis. The point of emphasis is, Larry, is to be the disciplined Dayton team that, that we always are. And we let that slide some on Saturday, and it cost us. And so that's what our emphasis is going to be, what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to be, and how we're supposed to play it. All right, Dayton at Valparaiso coming up on Saturday. Mike Kelly and I will have all the action for you. Then we'll be back here next Monday night. We'll talk about that on another edition of the Rick Chamberlain Show. That wraps it up tonight. 
On behalf of our engineer producers tonight, Alex Schilling and Chris Shoulders, our student-athlete guests, linebacker Grant Dyer, wide receiver Joey Swanson, and, of course, the coach, Rick Chamberlain. I'm Larry Hanskin. Have a great week, everyone, and go Flyers. WHIO Dayton, WHIO-FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. CJS means yes.